Hi, this is Mary Ellen Swartz. I'm an ordained unity minister, and I want to share some uh, concepts, some things that have come to me in regard to the teachings of Jesus, especially through the parables. Um, I think I said this before, but I found unity when I was in my teens. Prior to that, as a as a younger person, I was in a very traditional uh, church. Uh, I've always loved church, and I've always loved the teachings of Jesus. But it was so refreshing to me when going through a lot of questioning and so on that that I found unity. And what I found in the unity approach was that there's more to be found in the Bible if one learns to look deeper than the literal word or the the happening um, and so on. So, um, so what I my my perception is that unity really taught me to look more deeply into the words and the stories of Jesus to discover that those were not about somebody else. They were really about me. It was my story. And so when I could find myself in that story and put that story in me, that's what made the difference. I think a good example of how this fits in, in Scripture is, you know, the story of Adam and Eve. It's really not about explaining why women should be considered second-class citizens, although I have to say that the spiritual tradition that I was in as a child considered it that that. But really, and, and this comes from my unity understanding, is that Adam and Eve really symbolize something within each of us. And so it, it symbolizes what happens every time our thinking or our intellect, represented by Adam, and our feeling or intuition, represented by Eve, begins to accept the belief in separation. Separation from God, separation from our source. So um, recently, in, in this series, I've been sharing some thoughts about the parables of Jesus. And to me, I find that each one of them is teaching something about our spiritual journey. And in particular, uh, each of the parables seem to have something to do with the kingdom that is within us. Just a reminder, a parable really is a parable, par parallel story. In other words, there's a story, but there are many levels of meaning within that story. And so I always refer to Jesus' parables as being provocative because it, uh, provocative means to challenge and provoke a response. So to me, they, they provoke um, in us that, that, that spark to find meaning and application in our everyday lives. And so I find that each of the parables does this for me. A parable, um, you know, it's just they all talk about something within us. So today's parable is the one about the new wine and old wine skins. And this parable is found in the fifth chapter of Luke, verses 36 
through 39. And just a little uh, trivia on the, the culture, the time of Jesus' ministry, of course, it was very different than ours. And so even though in his parable he uses examples and illustrations that would be maybe more understood by the audience of his time, he actually inserted timeless spiritual principles within each parable. And so there is something that's timeless about that. In the parable about new wine and, and old wineskins, the original hearers apparently knew about winemaking. And they knew about the care of garments because there's another parable that's similar about putting uh, uh, new patches on old garments. But maybe the hearers, for example, with the wine, maybe they learned the hard way about putting new wine in old wineskins because wine, when it ferments, it expands. So if new wine is put in old wineskins, then probably it would burst the wineskin, the old wineskin, and the wine would be lost. So there's a new pliable container that would be required for new wine. And with the parable of the uh, old, uh, new, new patches on old garments, it would be similar. In other words, trying to fix an old garment with a new piece of cloth uh, would actually do something similar with the wine. In other words, the new cloth would probably shrink when it was washed, and the original garment then would tear even more. So it's a it's a similar kind of thing. So in both the illustrations of the new wine and old wine skins and new um, new material put on old garment. Uh, both those illustrations explain how one's new spiritual understanding won't be compatible with the old letter of the law requirements. Because this parable, by the way, was given at, in response to questions about why Jesus and his followers didn't follow the rules like they did. Why didn't they fast? Um, and so on. So the how and the why about fasting. Now, the Pharisees, as well as the disciples of John the Baptist, fasted as a sign of repentance and spiritual discipline. And the practice was to fast twice a week. And it was done publicly. And the reason was, you know, really, why fast if no one's going to notice it? You know, you got to at least get somebody to to notice you're doing without food. And actually, Jesus did teach fasting, but his uh, teaching concerning fasting was to do it in private and do it in secret. And the benefit then is not for somebody else who sees us doing that. The benefit is for us. We know we are doing it. We know we are working with some principle. So unity teaches to combine fasting and feasting in a metaphysical way. Fast from the negative or, or the undesired thought and feast on the positive or the desired thought. 
Jesus was taken to task for not observing the Sabbath in the old way. But because he taught spiritual principle, not rules and regulations, he said that the Sabbath is made for man. In other words, the Sabbath is a tool to use for our spiritual growth, not a hammer to be used on us and beat ourselves up with. So Jesus did not come to destroy the law, he said, but to fulfill it. And my understanding is that he was fulfilling it by bringing a deeper understanding of its application. So with this, with this uh, parable about wine, what does wine represent anyway? Unity teaches that wine symbolizes life and vitality. New wine is the new awareness of Christ's life that's in us that has a transformational effect. Jesus essentially taught that when we become aware of the kingdom within us, we are free to live more fully and joyfully. Spiritual awareness is not supposed to be about a burden. It's supposed to be about a joy. It's supposed to give us a freer experience of life. So at first, when we are attempting to put new wine, or said another way, we're trying to put our newfound concepts on top of the old beliefs that we've had, something is going to happen. There's going to be a reaction. Not unlike, totally unlike what happens with new wine and how it's in its fermentation process is going to expand. But there's something similar to that. There's a reaction similar to that. An early teacher of mine sort of referred to this as spiritual indigestion. She used to use all kinds of terms like that to, to get the attention of students such as myself. In other words, have you ever tried to put a new belief, uh, for instance, um, a new, the new belief that you as a spiritual be uh, being are deserving. You're deserving of all the good imaginable. And you put that new belief on top of the old belief that you are sinful and you're unworthy and you're messed up and you're broken, and so on. And, and so putting all that together, what do you think happens? Well, what happens is if the old pattern is stronger than the new one that you're putting in, then the, the old will gain the upper hand. The thing is we don't want to give up, though that new pattern can get stronger with practice and with conscious awareness. Jesus' use of the examples of new wine and old wineskins, as well as the one about new patches and old garments, sort of reminds me that if I'm wanting to accept a new belief that's going to support me in being who I am, who, who I essentially am, then I better make sure that I know what old beliefs and perceptions are going to be challenged by this. You know, it's it, there's an ad that says, what's in your wallet? It's not what's in our wallet. It's what's in our old beliefs that are going to get stirred up, are going to get agitated.
If any of you are familiar with the book Lessons in Truth by Dr. H. Emily Cady, it's a wonderful book. And there's just a chapter on spiritual chemicalization. And in that chapter, she talks about how there's an agitation that takes place when we put the new uh, in and the old starts getting stirred up. And there's an agitation that causes the old to come to the surface. And this is not a bad thing, but it can be definitely uncomfortable because the old can be so ingrained and it's not going to let go easily. It, it's, it's found its, it, it's got its claws in as it were. And so we can't, um, you know, as with the example of the new uh, material being put on the old, old garment, we can't patch up an old belief that's not working. You know, it's, it's, a, it's about making some new choices so that we can have the new life that we deserve. The old wineskins aren't bad. They served a purpose. You know, for example, in our own lives, even the belief that we can't trust anyone was an attempt to insulate us so that we wouldn't get hurt anymore. So it isn't that the old is bad. You know, maybe it kind of served its purpose for a while, but it it's time for it to let go. That second parable that I wanted to touch on uh, is the one about the the man who had the two sons and um, it's probably the the easiest parable to understand but don't overlook that easy uh, means not important it is important so this parable was uh, given in response to uh, being asked by what authority he was teaching and he probably didn't have the approval of his temple to do what he was doing. So he was being challenged. Instead of saying what authority he, was, he had been given to teach what he was teaching, instead he answered with a question. This was an, a, a, a t technique that the rabbis used anyway. So, you know, Jesus knew this. And so he answered a question with a question. And he gave a parable about a man who had two sons. And um, he asked his sons to go to work in the vineyard. And one son said he would not go. And the other one said he would go. The one who said he would not go changed his mind. And he did go. The other one, probably very sweetly, said... I'll go, but then he didn't do it. Oh, by the way, you can find this uh, in the second chapter of Matthew, verses 28 through 31. Anyway, so Jesus' answer was to uh, challenge that that que the questioners of, you know, what, by what authority are you doing this? What, by what authority are you teaching this? So his answer was 
that his his answer was to ask. So this man had these two sons. One said he would go and didn't. The other one said he wouldn't go, but then he changed his mind and went. And so Jesus is saying, which one of these did the will of their father? Well, on face value, it seems really easy to understand. But there's a little more to this. So I think I said this earlier that almost all of Jesus' parables either specifically say or they allude to um, the story being something about finding the kingdom within. So now most of us aren't involved with vineyards or getting our kids to go out and take care of them. But if we look at the parable from the standpoint of uh, containing a spiritual principle for us today and being really a story of us, then we may begin to understand that this parable represents different aspects of our consciousness. So unity suggests that the parable of the two sons is a reminder that it's what we do, not what we say, that's important. It's not, not just in an outer way of being meticulous about keeping our word, but it's more about really doing what we know to do. So we might see that the first son represents a part of us that might refuse spiritual growth, but then later have a change of mind and heart and then do an about face. By the way, you know, that's what that word repentance means. It means to have a change of mind. Uh, it means to change one's direction. Now, both sons can be thought of as being part of us. The man is part of us. The vineyard is part of us. The sons are part of us. And so bottom line to consider here is that life is calling us to get involved in the vineyard of our life. Be willing to have a change of direction in thoughts so that there can be a vineyard or a manifestation that we truly desire and deserve. We've all heard that the way we move forward from where we are is just put one foot in front of the other. In other words, just start moving in that direction. I came across a reminder recently that said, if we want our lives to change, we start with changing one thing today. One thing. And here's a suggestion that will take some awareness, but it can be really helpful and I have found it really, really helpful in life. So let's say you really want to change and be open to some new good. You want to be aware. Well, most of us know that this begins with changing our thoughts. But sometimes it seems like it's hard to get a handle on this. So if you are ready to make an inner change, there is something you might want to consider doing in an outer way to begin to make that happen. And so this may sound really, really silly, but it works, believe me. Put the other leg or the foot in when you're getting dressed. Make a conscious decision to put the other leg or foot in. You know, whether you're putting on your pants or your sock 
or a shoe, put the other leg or foot in, you know, the opposite from what you normally would do. And let this be a reminder to be committed to doing something in a different way. Be committed to the truth of who you are as a spiritual being. You're just not going to do the old thing that you've always done, which is counting yourself as unworthy or undeserving or whatever. You're going to be committed to seeing yourself in a new light as a spiritual being. So every time you put the other foot or the other leg in, let it be a reminder that you are choosing a different concept. Yet you're choosing to know that you are the beloved and deserving of all the good that God has. The power of God in you is greater than anybody else's opinion of you. Just keep that in mind. The power of God in you is greater than anyone else's opinion of you. Okay, so God bless you as you enter your new week, and may it be a wonderful experience in new choices and new opportunities.